welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Sensei, this is the Dojo Talk Podcast. We are on episode number 158. Just coming in with a quick uh, little disclaimer because this episode is a little different than what we did before. Um, so this episode that you are about to listen to um, is actually part of a longer three-hour conversation that me and the Antico had of an episode we recorded. Um, the portion you're going to hear is actually the mailbag episode. So first of all, I want to thank everybody who submitted questions via Twitter, via Tumblr, via email. Uh, thank you guys. Literally, this episode would not have happened if you did not submit those questions, and they were all really, really good, really dope, <laughs> really entertaining questions. So we appreciate you guys. Um, but like I said, the episode ended up running a bit long because we covered, uh, we did the mailbag portion, and then we covered uh, Glory seventy one, Glory seventy two. We talked of the Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz fight, um, and a few other like fights that we had happened to see throughout the week. And the episode run ended up running about three hours plus some. And I didn't want to keep you guys here for that long, so uh, we decided to split the episode into two. So the portion you're going to hear today is the mailbag portion of the episode, so it'll just jump straight into when we get to answering you guys' questions. And then next week, uh, you guys will get the fight portion of the episode uh, where we cover glory and boxing and all that other stuff that happened since there isn't really any UFC going on right now. They're on hiatus until uh, December 7th, and we wanted to keep some content uh, going for the uh, in between like that little dead space. So... You're going to listen to the mailbag portion this episode, uh, which you're about to hear, and then you'll get the uh, fight portion next week on Saturday. But once again, thank you guys for submitting questions. Really appreciate it. We had a lot of fun answering these. As always, you can send questions to dototalkpodcast at yahoo.com at any time, or just hit me up on Twitter, or if you see me or the Antaku on Twitter, on Tumblr, man, hit us up, ask us questions, and we'll definitely answer them on the show. Um, But thank you guys, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. But, uh, yeah, let's get on to these questions. So, once again, man, thank you guys for sending questions. Came to the aid. I appreciate all of y'all. And, like, these are honest. Like, these are some really good, good quality, <laughs> some good quality questions. A couple of really interesting ones. Um, but, no, I like this one. So, shout outs to everybody who uh, sent in questions, man. I really, 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 really appreciate you guys. Uh, so, let's get this started. Uh, so pretty much all of these, uh, the bulk of these came from Twitter. Uh, I had one email uh, and then a couple from Tumblr. Uh, but for pretty much everybody, I'll mention everybody at name in case you guys want to follow uh, these people. Uh, so starting from the top, uh, at Tev Talks MMA. Shout out to Tev. If you're on MMA Twitter, you've probably seen him around. Uh, his question is, uh, he has a two-parter. Uh, first part. Uh, how do you see the log jam at 135 playing out between Aldo, Marais, uh, Jan and Faber, and then uh, having Aljo in the wing? Uh, and then his second question is, how how does that log jam play out, and who do we think Cejudo will fight next? Um, you want to go? You want to give it a go? While I give it a thought. Uh, give it some thought. Yeah. Um. 
for one, this, this is one of the most interesting log jams. Like, if you'd have told me a couple years ago that uh, the log jam at 135 would somehow involve Faber on the other side of Petrion, I'd be really confused. And that somehow <laughs> Jose Aldo would insert himself into the picture. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. But, um... Yeah, God, this is a really... So I'm, I'm, I feel pretty comfortable. I think Jan's going to beat the bricks off of Faber. I say that, and then Faber might pull off something crazy. But I I feel pretty comfortable saying Jan's probably going to get by Faber. Um, although Marais is a really interesting matchup, but I, I love Aldo, man. One of my all-time favorites. But I just don't envision this weight cut going well for him. And I think it's going to cost him this fight. Yeah, he looks like shit. Yeah, he, yeah, the, those pitches do not look good. And, yeah, uh, mm, I, w- I would love to see Aldo win. But if I'm being realistic, I think Marice probably takes that. Um, I want to see... The fight that I think I want to see most is Cejudo and Aljo. I think with the streak Aljo's been on, and I think we've clearly seen, like, improvements from him, I think he could be a really interesting matchup for Cejudo. Um, I think he could give Cejudo some problems. I don't know if he'll win, but I think he could make it a really... Of everybody listed, I think he would give Cejudo, I think, the best fight. Um... So I, I hope I hope Cejudo fights Aljo. Um, and then as far as the rest of the logjam, um, I'm down for <laughs> assuming Petr Jan beats Faber, which I think most of us think he will. I'm down for seeing uh, Jan fight uh, the winner of Marais. Actually, you know what? Does Jan really need another fight to prove himself? Because to be honest, does he need? Let me put this. Does he need another fight to stand out when the people who he is, um, the people who he's competing with, title shot are you know, Jose Aldo and uh, Frankie Edgar, guys who've headlined pay per views before. Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I say give the shot to Aljo. I want to see that fight. Uh, let Jan get the winner of something. Is there anybody else we're missing in this 135 picture? Because Cody's kind of just out there. He's kind of gone. Cruz is kind of gone. Munoz was kind of working his way up there, but Aljo kind of knocked him down a peg. Sanhagen, I guess. Um, Yeah, Sanhagen's close. He's, He's almost... I mean, if he beats Edgar... Yeah, he's pretty much right there. Um... So... I think you have a nice kind of list of contenders for Cejudo. So do do Cejudo Aljo. Um, keep Sanhagen in the wing. And let Jan... Um, I would say, you know what, actually? Do the Aljo fight. Let Jan get the winner of Aldo Marais, which will probably be Marais. Um, Marais versus Jan, would, I think, would be a really awesome matchup. And regardless of who wins, that's a great name for either of them to have on their resume. And then you keep Sanhagen in the wing. Maybe if somebody gets injured, they can't make the fight. If if Sanhagen gets the win over Edgar, um, 
let him kind of be the guy who can be the fill-in um, in case one of the other guys has to call has to, has to fall out of the fight for whatever reason. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I see that that whole situation going. Yeah, um, like it's so like I, I I honestly think the only people like Petrion and Aljamain Sterling are like in my eyes the two top dudes. Um, I'm like you. I I favor Jan heavily over Faber. Um, but like, Frank Yeager beats Corey or beats Sanhagen. Like, I can see the UFC being like, you know what? We want to get. We're gonna give Cejudo what he wants because he did call out Edgar. That's like of all the like all the people on Cejudo's list. He called out Faber, Edgar. Um, who was the other dude? That, that I'm missing. Um, somebody I think we didn't want to see. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely somebody we didn't want to see. Hold up. Uh, Aldo and Dominic Cruz and Valentina Shevchenko for some reason. Um, but, you know, Cruz is MI. Cruz hasn't fought in like forever. Aldo, I don't think either one of us are picking him over Marais, though. Even if he wins, I don't think it'll be like a fun win. I think it'll be like a sad win. Um,. You know, I, I, I could see him holding out for Edgar. Like, that's the thing. Like, if Edgar beats Sanhagen, which is not a given, uh, I, I think Sanhagen has a good shot, a better than good shot at winning at a fight. Um, like, the, does Cejudo just sit on the bell and be like, I want to fight Frankie Edgar? Because that's where the most money is. Yeah, that's kind of how things go nowadays. Everybody's trying to call their own... Uh... Everybody doesn't abide by the next man up policy. Yeah, some, some dudes are just trying to kind of cherry pick. Um, as for actual like matchups and how they work out, like I, 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 I need to see him at one thirty-five, but I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think Edgar. Uh, I, I, I don't like that fight for him. I, I don't think he's gonna be able to take Cejudo down if he can't. If he does, I don't think he's gonna be able to keep him down. Uh, and I don't think he's going to be able to, to deal with uh, the pressure. Hmm. When you add in the weight cut and the speed difference, like I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to go well for him. Um, that, and that's the other thing. Like, I, I don't for the Sterling fight. I don't know how well Sterling deals with pressure for someone who's really athletic. Because like he he dealt with um, Munoz pretty well, but Munoz is not Zahudo. Right. Like the, the, he's well, he's he's smaller, as Hudo, but like he can also wrestle. He can also like. He, I don't think he hits any harder, but like dude is absolutely faster than him. And I'm curious, like, how does Sterling deal with that type of pressure? Like the pressure that Ron Marish was able uh, that he was able to put on Ron Marish. And then Jan, and I can, the fact that he does not go away. Yeah, and with Jan, like we've seen Jan get taken down before. Um, yeah, his fight with Magomed Magomedov in uh, ACB. So, yeah, uh, it, but like at the same time, Magomed Magomedov is was bigger than Jan, and that was a big part of him being able to get those clinch take. Uh, not were they clinch takedowns? They, they they were a lot more muscle than they were technique. I'll put it. Um, Right. Which, in all honesty, is kind of how Cejudo wrestles. He he will drive through you until like you are just unable to stop him. But like we've seen Jan grow, like so, I'm not sure how this all plays out. Um, 
Yeah, this that feels like a cop out, but um, I, I can see Cejudo beating all three of them. Yeah, we'll see. At, at, if if nothing else, kind of a good problem to have because all of these guys are really good contenders. Right. So at the end of the day, hopefully we'll we'll at least get some pretty entertaining uh entertaining fights out of this. I really want to know if they're going to make um. If they're going to make Cejudo, or not Cejudo, Aljamain Sterling take another fight when he comes back. Because they were going to make the Edgar, um, Cejudo, uh, Edgar, the Edgar Sterling fight. So, I want to know, will they make him take another fight to get a shot at him? And use that as, like, a justification for sticking Edgar in there. Alright. Should Edgar win? We'll see. Odd man now, Cody, uh, Sanhagen... That, I think that's an interesting fight. Um, I'm down to see Cody fight anybody at this point. <laughs> like, that man is very violent, but very like controlled violent and very active. Um, I think he's he's the kind of guy who has a shot in any fights he's in. He's he's not gonna be easy out. But um, no, it's, it's an interesting logjam. But good good fights all around. So. I, as fans, hopefully, depending on how these fights play out, we'll we'll win. We'll we'll get a lot of good matchups. But uh, shout out to Tev Talks MMA. Appreciate the question. Uh, moving on to at the Fight Geek MMA. Um, shout out to Fight Geek. Um, we kind of touched on the, his first question already. Um, Aldo versus Marais predictions. Um, just to slightly maybe elaborate more. I I just think the weight cut is going to be too much. Like. I don't know how all those gonna look, but I just I don't envision him eating punches well. Like <laughs> I feel like if he gets for, he gets hit with that first hard hook, or God forbid, Marais catches him with a head kick, like that might be it. Dude, imagine a body yeah. shot. Like yeah, there is like, nothing yeah. down there protecting him. <laughs> yeah, right. Like there's no meat on the bones anymore, man. He is a bare, brittle skeleton out there at 35. Um. I think that's going to be a fight where we're all going to be really sad after that's over. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be a fun. I love the matchup. If this was at 45, I'd be ecstatic. But at 35, yeah, I think a lot of us are just going to be kind of sad after this is over. Um, second question um, kind of t- ties into the weight cutting we talked about earlier. Um, his question is, what is the maximum you think a fighter should be allowed to miss weight but still fight? Uh, meaning, should there be a mandatory five-pound threshold, or should it stay a case-by-case and be up to the fighter? Um, I think it should be five pounds. Uh, or, you know what, actually, fuck it. Up to a fighter. Take life in your own hands, man. <laughs> I, I was going in the complete opposite. It needs to be away from the fighter. I feel like that's how we got here in the first Oh, no, the place. other fighter. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's what, yeah, sorry, that's, I, I reworded his question. Yeah, he said, should it be up to the other fighter? Yeah, yeah, fuck it. You want to fight somebody who's 20 pounds overweight? <laughs> I say go for it. <laughs> like, the fan in me wants to say that, because I feel like some people would have the attitude, like, and I get it, like, I, I, I couldn't imagine I did all this training only for me not to be able to fight, and I'd be like, just like, I don't care at this point. Like, I, I came here, I traveled, I did all this work, I want to fight. That and, like, and, and depending on the type of situation it is, you can get yourself a big-ass purse. Right. 
Like so, like if you're the, like the the main event or whatever, and like the other guy comes in like ten pounds overweight, like you fuck twenty percent, you can get like forty, fifty percent, plus a little something extra if you're like, I will only accept this fight if you bump my pay. Right. So. Uh, I'm I'm gonna lean the other way. Only because I think only reason why is I, I saw a story um the other day I don't remember the gentleman's name but it was somebody who used to fight in Titan FC um, he took a fight in another organization and I don't know if it was primarily due to his weight cut but it may have been may have been a link I'm not sure but he ended up having like a stroke yeah um yeah and I think maybe it could be one of those things that could change down the road but I'm I'm kind of erring on the side of we need to do we need to take care of this before something terrible happens. Because, I mean, one championship had somebody die because of a weight cut, which prompted them to make the changes that they had. To make. I mean, sure, Brazil had somebody die because of a weight cut. Yeah, like, so I feel like we need to nip this in the bud. Like, no, don't leave it up to the fighter. Five, either five pounds is cool, or maybe you could make it like a percentage thing. To work, you know, because um, I think that's what one does, isn't it? Like, you have to be... Uh, yeah, to be within, like, a certain body percentage so, and hydration. Right. And so, so, even though that's not true, because Sage Northcutt's about to be a lightweight again. Yeah, yeah. I think one idea works on paper, but I, nobody knows if they actually, like, do it. <laughs> but on paper, I like that idea. So, if it's not, if not a five-pound threshold, make it, like, a percentage thing. And if if they can't meet that, like... I think you just really, before something bad happens, well, it, well, bad things have already happened. Before bad things continue to happen, i.e., and they get worse, like, I think this needs to really, really, really be nipped in the bud. Like, they really need to send a message, like, this weight cutting, like, we can't, we can't make this a thing anymore. Either get you a nutritionist and learn how to do this the right way, take care of yourself when you're not fighting, or you need to move up to the weight class you probably should be at. And maybe down the road when things have gotten fixed, you know, maybe be a little more lenient, leave it up to the fighter, let them kind of make the decision. But I think this is one of those issues that you kind of just got to throw the, the gavel has to come down, like, before it gets, like, too ridiculous. Um, but no, nah, weight cutting, that'll continue to just be a hot topic because it's just always a, <laughs> it's just always a thing. Um, but yeah. I'm I'm down for bring bring the gavel down, man. I'm, I'm just, all I'm saying is we didn't have this issue of weight cutting when everything was open weight, so you know. <laughs> just, hey man, if you wanna pull the BJ Penn, <laughs> how did BJ Penn fight Lyoto Machida? That is, well, I mean he was like two hundred something, but he he just didn't, you know, work out. Yeah, but he didn't do anything. <laughs> he did nothing. That man, uh. Definitely hit up the uh, Popeyes line after training was over. Um, but uh, shout out to the Fight Geek MMA. Appreciate the question. Uh, moving on to our homie Monte at your broke homie Tay. Uh, he's got three questions. First question: uh, What fight do you want to see most next year? Ooh, um, hmm, hmm. I tried to cheat on this question, and I still couldn't. <laughs> and I have an answer. I, I kind of have an answer, but I'll, hey, I'll let you go first if you go. And then, uh, Khabib versus Tony. All right. That was going to be my answer. Because 
I really, really want to see that fight. Um, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I gotta do something different since you, you did Habib Tony. Mm, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go off the beaten path. Maybe not off the beaten path, but uh, I'm gonna go Tenshin Takaru. Let's do that in twenty. Let's let's do that. Yeah, in that's a good one. Bit, yeah, you know, let's, 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 uh, I'm gonna throw another one out there. Uh, Mighty Mouse kills Horiguchi too. I know it's not gonna happen. I know the DJ doesn't want it to happen, but I want it to happen. So there you go. And if you guys don't know who Tension, uh, Nasukawa, and Takaru are, go do your Googles. Some very uh, Tension fought earlier this morning. Not Tension. Takaru fought earlier this morning. Yeah. Didn't get to see it, but it's Takaru fight, so it was, by default, it was awesome, because <laughs> all, all, all of his fights are awesome. So, uh, yeah, Tenshin Takaru, but yeah, I'm, I'm on the Mighty Mouse, uh, uh, Toroguchi bandwagon, too. That, I need, I need that to happen. Somehow, some way, divine intervention, it's got, it's gotta be a thing. Um, but his second question, uh, which champion do you see losing soonest, and who will it be to? Um. Hmm, that's a good question. I was even trying to think like outside of the UFC. Who do I? Who do I see catching an L? Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Uh, just sticking inside the UFC. Um. I'm going to go with Jones. Mm. I'm going to put myself out there. Uh, either, by, uh, e- either by losing an in-fight or losing outside the cage. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the real cheat answer here is to say Jorge Masvidal. Because this title isn't real. But that would also acknowledge that none of the titles are real. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna go with Jones. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I, there's just something about his performances since like, like this year that made me be like, okay, he is. He's either not as committed as he used to be, or like he like people are actually starting to catch on to the style. Yeah, it it looks like the gap is closing slowly. It's closing. He's still winning, but yeah, it. I, I get that same feeling. Like that gap and is the, slowly closing. The more and more he becomes just a straight up kickboxer, the more and more likely he is he's gonna lose. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be Rez. I don't know if he Jan Blahovich. I don't believe so, but you know, um, I, I I don't know if it's gonna be some dude we don't even know about yet. But like I. Or um, what's his name, Rakic? Hmm. Um, but like, there, there's something about the way, like, that he is going straight kickboxing um, that I do not like. Because um, TBH, he's not particularly, he's not a particularly great striker. Um, like he's he's fine, he's good. Um, but like the er- his early run was. Based around his ability to get the to pressure people into the cage and then take them down, um, and 
we've been seeing so little of that as of late. Like we saw a little bit against Gus at the end after he had shut down Gus's offense, but I I don't I don't like where it's heading for Jones. I'm gonna guess Jones, but watch it be like Max Holloway or somebody or Kamaru Usman. I'm kind of going off of your. I'm, I'm gonna put myself out there, piggybacking off uh, the fight you want to see. I'm gonna say Habib. Mm. You're picking contingent Tony. Contingent on contingent on if the Tony fight happens. Cause yeah, if the Tony fight happens, I'm picking Tony. I think, I think Tony just has a. I don't know how to describe. Nobody knows how to describe Tony's style. That man is just. He's he's on another planet with what he does. I think he's gonna give Habib a lot of problems. I think if Habib can't put him away early, or if if Tony can manage to stuff or get away from a couple of takedowns, I think Tony's gonna get him in a lot of issues. So I'm gonna say Habib is gonna lose his belt to Tony. And uh, I don't know if anybody really cares. I don't know when Julia Budd and uh, Cyborg are gonna lock horns, but uh, I think Cyborg's gonna uh, she's gonna. Take oh yeah, it. no, Cyborg. <laughs> and, you know what? Yeah, I'm picking Cyborg, but I would not. I'm not gonna say I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, something about Bud oh. lately. Bud is peaking. Yes, Cyborg is not. Yeah, yeah. Cyborg not Bud is peaking at the right time too. Um, so we'll we'll but, see. But I'm I'm gonna have faith in Cyborg that she might just. I mean, she could literally just take Julia Bud down and beat her up there, and then get the win right. that way. <laughs> um, but who 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 else is fighting in Bellator? Who else is champion? Um, they got Lima Labor Farland, Ron Bader. Lima, uh, who's 85 champ? Bless his face, um, jiu-jitsu dude. Lovato? Yeah, Yeah, Lovato. Well, like, those are, like, divisions are, like, 185. It's like, who who the fuck is going to beat Lovato? He beat Gary (laughs) Mousasi, and he was the only other fighter in that division besides Machida. Um, like, I don't know. It's, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to stick with Jones. I'm I'm not I'm not wagering my house on there or nothing, but uh, I th- I think Jones is proud. I I think 2020 we're gonna see him drop the title. Doesn't mean he won't get it back. Matter of fact, he should have lost the title already. But he did one three five one three five <laughs> one three five Santos. But, all right, there you go. We got hot takes. You got Jones. I got Habib. Yeah. Uh, and it's <laughs> Hayes' last question. Y'all ready for McGregor uh, Mayweather 2 Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> See, you know what? December's coming up. He's going to be drinking. Are we sure that McGregor will make it to the fight? Hold up. Is that the Zufa fight maybe we'll get? I would not be surprised. But I, I think UFC has their heart set on him versus Cowboy on the uh, 18th. We'll see. I'm not ready for that fight. I'm not ready for McGregor <laughs> to fight. That dude has two open sexual assault cases against him. In theory. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think one of them... I think he beat one. I don't, or did he have three? No, no, there has been no word on either one of them. 
thought they're investi- I should rephrase. I should rephrase. They're not cases. They're investigations. He beat okay. one for the cell phone incident, where I think him and the dude settled out of court. Yeah, yeah. Like, um. But yeah, I'm like the holidays are coming. Up. I'm not sure he's gonna even make it twenty nine the twenty twenty to be honest with you, because like this dude is obviously out of control, and his team is out of control, because they're out here trying to you know corral bar matrices into their car and shit against their will, and that's not that's not indicative of a good uh, entourage, posse, whatever. So, well, uh, you yeah, know, we're not ready for the. Uh... The electric boogaloo. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm re- you know what I'm ready for? I'm ready for uh, more Brandon Schaub hot takes. Oh. Yeah, he's he's trying to get that the second Showtime special, man. Let's let's not let's let's not bring him into 2020. Like I don't want nothing to happen to him, but like let's leave Brandon Schaub in 2019 right. until he can show up. Like he has to go on some type of like behavior program, <laughs> like a self improvement course. I like somebody's theory about like why people like Brendan Schaub, and it's like, like in this era of like where like there are so many like talented people, and there's so much like information and media and blah blah blah. It's comforting just to see like a mediocre dude just you know talk. He is uh, a <laughs> mediocrity. He's a bro. Baby. He is, he's a he's a bro if there ever was one. Uh, he, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, <laughs> moving on. But uh, shout out to Tay, man. He's been a long time supporter. Appreciate shout you. Shout out to Tay. Thank you again for the for me use PS View. Uh, got to see all the CBS WNBA games. It's great. There you go. Be like Tay. Give us passwords. Any y'all got a Disney Plus password out there, man? Saying I'm trying to watch that Mandalorian though. <laughs> but uh, moving on. Uh, next question comes from at. Uh, more on MMA. Shout out to homie JC uh, and Flex. Uh, but uh, more on MMA. His question is, what's the best way to get over a three-week UFC hiatus? Um, I got a couple of suggestions, you know. If you have Fight Pass, I don't know if you do. You can pretend like it's a new fight night. <laughs> like, order, order you some chicken wings or some pizza. Uh, you know, get your drinks in order, fight some, some fight fans, Pro- probably have to be hardcore fight fans, uh, friends over, uh, fire up one of them pride, uh, cards, <laughs> just let that, uh, let that ride through for every week, um, or, you know, cleanses are also good, I feel like this sport takes a lot from us, and a cleanse might just be what we need, maybe we, we, we might not realize, but maybe we need this, uh, UFC break to kind of, cleanse ourselves god knows we don't know what the rest of this year is going to give us and we definitely don't know 2020 might end up being crazy um so you know you might need to take a hiatus or i would suggest uh because I, I see uh i follow uh, him on twitter so um, i know you're a Sixers fan and lucky for you you have a team that's actually doing pretty well right now uh nba is popping man like the nba is popping right now it is a good time to catch up on some basketball or just watch a lot of basketball. I know it ain't the same as watching people getting head kicked. Um, but the NBA is definitely popping right now, man. That I don't know if you saw the ending to the Bulls-Charlotte game. I did, and so, so eccentric to me. I was like, <laughs> that, everybody, that, on the Charlotte team, everybody on the Charlotte Hornets should have been fired immediately. 
bruh, that is one of the craziest endings to a game I've ever seen. Um, shout out to Zach Levine hitting the game winner, getting the steal first, and then running out to the three point line and hitting the game winner. He was like, "We ain't going to overtime." Right. He and he did this all within the span of like they came back from like a six point deficit in like twelve seconds, mm-hmm. like <laughs> craziness. Um, but now yeah, this might be a good time to catch up on some other sports if you have the chance. Um, or, uh, you know, if you're browsing Twitter, you see one of these random cars in Brazil from a promotion you've never heard of, just click on it. Sometimes those give you some, I've seen some nasty KOs from promotions I've never heard of, uh, from random people just fighting like Brazil or Russia somewhere. Like, remember that, um, that tweet about college football where it was like, College football is great because like all these guys were like the best uh, players from like their like their town or whatever, but one right. of them is a future like uh, one of them's like a future accountant and the other was a future nine-time <laughs> Pro Bowl Pro Bowl. Right. Right? And when they meet, that's when the magic happens. That's regional right. MMA. Indeed. All mine is out there fighting the future Jose Aldo, and he is most likely a, like a cashier. <laughs> oh man yeah man that, that regional MMA man it is uh see some things man you uh you see some things but what uh what suggestions do you have how how do we uh how do we cope with this this three week uh, oh and listen to us have to, got to throw that in yeah there. but um so what you're gonna what you're gonna wanna do is go to the youtube.com and you're going to go to the search bar, and you're going to type in Super Fight Three <laughs> One. That's Super Fight League One. <laughs> and then you're going to click on... Well, not the first video that you see, but you're, you're going to find it, believe me. And when you do, it's going to be your life from now on. There you go. We've given them a lot of shout-outs on this podcast. It's been, it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Yeah, it's been a little bit. But in, in our earlier days, yeah, there was the Super Fight League mentioned like every other episode. <laughs> there you go, man. Hop on the uh, home of... It barely feels like MMA. <laughs> <laughs> it barely feels like it's legal. Yeah. <laughs> the dude's <laughs> fighting in the gym. I wonder if any of those dudes got paid. They were just like, this is practice. I cannot imagine there are many paydays getting, uh... <laughs> if they are, those checks are looking real sketchy. Mm. Looking real sketchy. But there you go. Super Fight League, Pride. It's basically uh, the same thing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> The usual. Uh, just minus the UFC. Yeah, uh, the, if you like kickboxing, there's always there's some. Well, there's no kickboxing next week, but there's some boxing. I think. Hold up. Uh, this is the time to use all of these streaming apps that we buy. If you have Fight Pass in the zone, yeah. And but we probably like never look at them. This is the time to start looking yeah. at them. <laughs> um, you know, go back, study some old stuff. Like go back, watch yeah. some of the first UFCs or mid two thousands UFCs. I don't know when this dude you know got into sport, um, but uh, 
know, there's always stuff that you haven't seen before, and it's really good or really interesting. Go watch Sengoku. I don't know. I don't know if the tapes are out there somewhere, but go watch Sengoku. That's great. There you go. Fist of cuffs galore. Always out there. All right. Shout outs to uh at more on MMA. Appreciate the question. Uh, moving on. Uh, actually, almost skipped this question by accident. Would have been Max. It's actually a really good question. Um, this is at uh, Alex. I'm sorry if I butcher your name. At Alex Scaffidi underscore A L E X S C A F F I D I. Who? Quick shout out to her. Um, <laughs> she <laughs> she did a video on Halloween of her running around in a uh, little T Rex outfit. Uh, punching and kicking, which you can imagine a T-Rex with those little arms trying to throw a punch is kind of wild. Uh, just running around on the sidewalk. And I remixed the video and put the Rocky theme in it. <laughs> and it was <laughs> it was, it was amazing. <laughs> Shout out to Alex. You won Twitter that day. I, I laughed a lot. I watched that video on loop so many times because something about the baby T-Rex arms just... I'm a little kid. The stuff like that just makes uh, me laugh. Uh, uh, did you see that video of um, the guy running? Like he's he like hits the corner and like runs into somebody and just keeps going. And then the person turns around the corner and then there's a T Rex. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have not seen that. <laughs> oh man! Shout out to T Rexes. I mean, y'all, y'all ain't around no more, but y'all had a good run. Hey. But uh. Did they? I honestly don't know. <laughs> but uh, Alex's question, uh, she asked, in 2021, uh, yeah, she has a two-parter. Uh, in 2021, does the UFC re-sign a deal with Reebok? Uh, thoughts one way or the <clears> other? <throat> and then uh, in what ways do you feel this partnership can be improved upon so the fighters benefit uh, more creatively and financially? Um, hmm. Yeah, this is a good question. Um, I guess it just depends on what the market is in 2021. Like, now that they're on ESPN, like, does somebody else want to get into that arena? You know what I mean? Does Nike or Under Armour want to come in and spread money in, in the sport? Like, because a couple of times Nike has tried to get into the sport, they have ended up regretting it. Um, Justin Jen Jones. Um, like, do I want them to re-up the deal? Like, not really. Like, I, no. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I, we could be getting Manscaped sponsorships, like, one. <laughs> like, who doesn't want to see, like, a championship fight, and then, like, in, in the one corner, you got the one guy who has Manscaped right on the front of his shorts. Right. <laughs> but, like, ways that can be improved. Um, make the kids less ugly. Like, that's really all I can think. Like, give them some personality. Because um, most of them are ugly as hell. Like, not, I should they're say most of them. They're, they're, like, they're so basic. They're all they're all ugly. There's no most. They're all hundred percent. All of them. They're all terrible. Like, <laughs> and this sucks about MMA. We're like, we don't really have an apparel line because everybody fights basically. I want to say the same, but like everybody work like 
who do you know wears like Muay Thai shorts outside of Muay right. Thai practice or you know just walking around or whatever? It's so different from like basketball where like everybody uh, you can wear shoes anywhere like you don't wear shoes in this sport. Mm. Yeah, it's do do they resign the deal? I, Probably. I, I, yeah, I don't want them to. I would love to see this partnership be over, but. They most likely will because I don't, I don't see Nike or Adidas or I don't think anybody else is really gonna be jumping in to make UFC apparel. Um, so they probably do unfortunately resign. Though the, I don't know, the ESPN deal could help. We'll, we'll yeah, see. I, I'm pretty sure there'll be rumblings around like the end of 2020. They'll definitely be putting like stuff out there to like. They'll definitely be putting feelers out there. Um, right. Yeah. They'll try to bait some people. See if they can get some better, see who's who's offering what. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that'll be a thing. Um, As for how it could be more, I don't know, beneficial or um, for the fighters, literally the only way I can think of it being more beneficial for all the fighters or most of the fighters is if they unionize, and that's not happening. So no collective bargaining, you don't get a, you don't get a, a seat at the table. Um yeah. Uh, on the individual level, maybe you can see more independent um, apparel deals. Uh, so you, as opposed to just having the kit, you actually have like designs and like a line. Like you know, yep. Um, they... But even then, like Adidas is like, I does Adidas do like personalized lines and stuff like that? Cause like I don't know if they do, but I don't see any reason why they like couldn't. I mean, Pusha T has a lot of like, shoes, right? I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have a lot of shoes. No, like, I, I feel like as this deal is constructed now, like obviously there probably won't be a union next year or any of that. I guess the only way to improve it, I don't, I don't know how much it'll be financially, but at least creatively, is like they. And it's probably not going to happen because I don't see them putting much effort into this. Clearly, clearly, they don't the way they look. But, like, the UFC really just needs to take clues from other sports. Like, when you look at, like, NBA jerseys and, and it, like, they're, they're, like, iconic. Like, you see the Knicks jersey, you know what that is. Like, you see the the old school Raptors jersey that has, like, the Raptor on the front. Like, you know what that is. Um, the NFL has like classic jerseys, and then you see like the they did the color rush them. I don't know if they still do those. I hope they do because some of them are actually really, really dope looking. They have like the color rush jerseys that they did for like people who are colorblind, where like they'll they'll make the uniform like all one color. Mm-hmm. Like they do innovative things to their apparel. That I mean, I don't really buy jerseys that often, but like they 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 just make them. You can tell they put like actual thought in in idea into what the apparel is like it's not a it's almost like a part of the sport like you you just you recognize the jersey is almost like a it's like a symbol and just these mma kits don't have that and even if it doesn't represent like the entire ufc like you said make at least make them more personalized like Like i can see like if connor and john jones weren't such massive like pr nightmares they probably would have their own personal lines by now. Right. Them, 
even though he's a little older and probably on his way out the door, there's no reason like Anderson Silva shouldn't have like a legendary like <laughs> like fight apparel line or design that like all of his fans could wear and like it would actually look good. Like they if they're gonna re-sign with Reebok, they need to sit down at the table and really like like remember get, remember get, remember Jones is not quite human T-shirt. Yeah, which was. Kind of ugly because it just had his face in the middle of the words, but like <laughs> that was something. And the fighters, like they, every now and again, you'll get like a fighter will give you a, a audio bit that you could definitely just turn into a shirt. I would love an Adidas. Like, My balls was hot T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note, well. <laughs> Luckily for Derek Lewis, he made them on his own, so he had the right idea. Yeah. But, like, these little sound bits and these little moments that become, like, really hot social media topics, these need to become, like, shirts and gear. And But it, just, it needs to just look good. It needs to look like somebody put some actual thought into this. Like, these kits, these dudes are fighters, man. Like, these kits, <laughs> these kits should be fire, like. It should really look like, like, oh, he's wearing that kit. Like, oh, he's he's actually about that. Imagine you, you ever seen those uh, those T-shirts from like Urban Outfitter or even the um, crap. What, what's the name of the uh, the boxing line? Uh, the Root of Fighters, Root, Fighter Roots, or something like that. Yeah, Root of Fight. Yeah, Root of Fight. Yeah. Um, where they have like the Legends lines and they have like the Muhammad Ali T-shirts and like they'll have him standing over Sonny Liston that like that picture. Where's right. that picture of, like, Jorge Masvidal kneeing Ben Asker in the face? Right. Or John Jones hitting the, a, Or Israel Adesanya hitting that spinning back elbow on um, Kel, Kelvin Gastelum. Or him even just doing a dance. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, and, like, the root of fight shirts aren't even, like... Those designs aren't even, like, really that interesting. Nah. Like, they're pretty basic designs. But they look... They look... Like, if you're a fight fan, like, especially if you're a hardcore fight fan, like... You'll appreciate the root of fight line. Like they take these moments in history and combat sports, they put it on a T-shirt, but they at least make it like look presentable. Right. And like it looks cool to wear. Like that's a shirt you could wear in public, and somebody who's a fight fan might stop you, and y'all might actually like have a quick, you know, twenty thirty second conversation just based off the shirt. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that's, yeah, that's not happening with a Reebok kit. They're kicking you out the store. They're <laughs> not letting you buy groceries. Like, <laughs> I mean, to be like, what did Reebok put like what seventy million dollars on the table? It's not exactly like uh, net worth uh, or revenue, whatever. Reebok revenue per year, it's like a billion dollars. Like they put seventy million dollars over seven years into this. Like it's not like they. It's like ten million dollars a year for a company that rev, that generates like a billion dollars in sales every year. Right. It's not. It's not like they're hurting. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, it's on the whole. The only way I see it getting better is if fighters unionize and had an actual seat at the bargaining table. Other than that, you know, it would be a fighter going and sitting down with whoever to come up with a a line. Oh, somebody who I thought of while we were talking who might. I, I, I want to say take the bait because, you know, maybe, maybe they'll be able to make money on it. I, I, I doubt that Reebok made any money off the UFC apparel. Um, but somebody who might um, want to see at the table is Puma. 
Uh, they signed a deal with the WNBA last year. They've been trying to buy up the top um, draft picks for. Uh, they they did it last year with DeAndre Aiden. I don't know if they were able to grab anybody this year. Um, draft pick. Um, but you know it. Uh, oh, they signed a RJ Barrett. I didn't know that. Um, so like yeah, like. They're out here trying to make moves. They're trying to find their footing. I, I can see Puma taking a seat at the table. They're like, we'll put up $80 million over seven years. And to put a little more effort into your kids, actually. I mean, they got Jay-Z. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. The, you hope for the best, but... Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, not not too optimistic. In, but in part because of affliction, wearing any UFC gear feels douchebaggy. Right. So. <laughs> but there's yeah, definitely room for room for improvement. I mean, but uh, hopefully this time around they get the names right. Yeah. No. Uh. No more Gib. Well, Gibbler's not in the UFC anymore. Sad. That yeah. that T-shirt. I, I forgot to mention that on the clip. Yeah, he got cut. But uh. <laughs> Released. I don't know what happened, but yeah, get get no more no more Gibbler Melendez. I want that shirt, damn it. Yeah, that's a gem. <laughs> like the Gibbler shirt is a gem. Hold on to that if you got it. But uh, thank you, Alex, for the question. That was, that was a really good question. Um, moving on. Uh, at uh, Holly, Alejandro CJ3. Shout out to him. He actually was the uh, one person who sent in an email. So thank you, sir. Um, and this kind of goes back. Uh, somewhat to the question, I mean, not to the question, to the fight uh, with Kobe Northcutt and one championship and the weight cutting. Uh, his question is, where do you stand on the policies enacted uh, by one championship to address the weight cutting issue? Are they actually good or are they just lip service seeing uh, seeing that they don't really release specifics about anything? It is all lip service. That, like, I, that, like, I have no doubt that there are fighters who actually like follow the policy or, you know... Um, Maybe not follow, but like they're they're not cutting weight anymore. Like, yeah, uh, Demetrius Johnson's fighting up at one thirty-five. I doubt he's cutting any weight anymore, or any significant weight anymore. But like Angela Lee, yeah, Angela Lee um, is huge for one fifteen because those girls are women who fought at one hundred five. And she is most certainly not uh, naturally 115 pounds. Like she is cutting weight. Um, same thing with like Kobe. Uh, with Kobe, like she is significantly bigger than all the women in her division. In one anyway, because they're women who probably fought like flyweight, who are fighting at what is now uh, featherweight here in the United States and most of the world. Um, so. I mean, I think it'd be good. Um, like, in, in not in the long run, but, like, like a, a policy where you could actually uh, enforce where, like, okay, you have to be within a certain amount of uh, a certain range and you can't be this much over on fight day because that means you cut way too much and blah, blah, blah. But once they wanted to do 80 events next year, you're telling me they're going to have somebody yeah. go to your camp like two, like two times over the span of like a month or two, to weigh you and make sure that you're within the certain hydration range that you're supposed to be in. Like, 
They're mostly a skeleton crew, from what I understand. <laughs> um, and uh, like maybe they've sent out a like they've sent somebody out like on occasion to make it look like they did something. But yeah, I I don't I don't believe that for a second, especially if you're an Evolve MMA fighter, because the guy who owns Evolve MMA also owns the promotion. Mm. Never gonna get over that. <laughs> Imagine the freaking. The guy who, uh, what's his name? The owner of ATT. Uh, crap. Uh, was it Lambert? Uh, don't get me lying. I'll definitely probably get his name wrong. I want to say it's Lambert, but you know, yeah, Dan Lambert. Imagine if Dan Lambert owned the UFC. <laughs> and he just booked ATT fighters to win the title. <laughs> Like, yeah, uh, the vice president of fighter relations or wherever it is, Matt Hume is the coach of one of the fighters in Demetrius Johnson. Two of the fighters. Bibiano Fernandez. Mm. <laughs> no conflict of interest. Exactly. Yeah. No conflict Keep it moving. Just, they don't have Yeah. They don't have oversight in Singapore. It's fine. My 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 quick precise answer to this question, uh I kind of alluded to it earlier. On paper, I love the idea. On paper. I think there should be a lot done about weight cutting. I'm down for it having to be a percentage. Um, and I'll, I, you know, it's a little shady and non-transparent as one championship can be. I'll at least give them props for, like, they took swift action after, like, a fighter actually died. Like, that, the, the worst possibility that could have happened happened. And they, they made an action to address it. So on paper, it's great. Um, as far as application, at least for them, eh, yeah, probably not. Uh, probably not being enacted in the way it should be. But as far as just the idea, as it just being an idea, I think it's a good. I think it's a great idea. But I don't know if they're really implementing it the way it should be. But um, the idea is solid. So I don't know. I guess. The thought that counts, maybe, <laughs> kind of, sort of, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but um, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's kind of where I stand on that. Like the idea, but they probably need to work on the application. But I think other organizations who hopefully could be a little bit more transparent would at least take a look at that idea and try to borrow something from it, maybe make their own tweaks. But um, the idea is okay. But thank you, uh, Alejandro, for the question. Appreciate it, good sir. Uh, moving on, we got another three-parter. Oh, hold up, I messed my notes up. Uh, do do Uh, the homie, at Gorbaka underscore Hitman. If you're on MMA Twitter, you, you know who this is. Uh, he has a three-parter. So, first question. Uh, how does Joanna Violence match up against Whaley Zhang, and who's your pick? Um, well, I, I'll, I'll start this off. Um, I've been, uh, Zhang Gang... Uh, for life, that is a for life commitment. So, uh, who's my pick? Can't waver now. Uh, so, it's, you know, I'm waving the Jang Gang flag until uh, it is no longer waveable. Um, <laughs> as far as the matchup, um, I think Joanna actually matches up really good. Um, she looked great <laughs> last fight. Like, she looked really good. Um, Really good footwork. You know the combinations are crazy. 
she gets in the pocket, man, she can just kind of go off. Um, but I, I think it's a tough matchup for both. Um, that strength that Wei Li Zhang has, man, like it's, we, we saw it in the, well, we didn't see a lot in the draw fight, it didn't last that long, but you saw how hard Wei Li Zhang can hit. And if you've watched Zhang fights, which I know Grabaka has, I've, I've seen him post them many times before, you know, like just the physicality she has. Not somebody you can just bully around and just push up against the cage and she's just going to take it. Like, you're going to have to work for every inch you get. Um, I think it's going to be a really... I don't think this fight is official yet, but it, it seems like it's going to happen. Dana White made it sound like it's going to happen next. Yeah. So hopefully it does. Um, I, I think that, I think it's going to be a really close fight. Um, I think it'll be a lot of back and forth rounds, but I'm, I'm going to lean towards Zhang's... Uh, strength and physicality being able to <clears throat> give her the edge and the fact that I think I, I think if she can land some clean shots in succession she might be able to either put Joanna out or she'll be able to stun her a couple of good times um, so I think it's gonna be a really close matchup but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Zhang the edge uh, I'm gonna go Zhang um like, again, uh, Michelle Watterson was just, like, a great matchup for Joanna. And, like, that's not me taking away a, a good performance from her. Um, so, like, I, I don't take too much away from that fight other than, okay, Joanna can still do the things that she was doing before. Um, like, it, this is such a weird matchup because... I, I'm thinking of that Tisha Torres fight where Tisha Torres pushed Joanna up into the cage and proceeded to get beat up there as opposed to you because she was so hell-bound on that takedown as opposed to, like, breaking along the cage and, like, doing her thing there. Um, mm -hmm. It's such a weird fight because, like, or, or it's just, like, for, from, coming from it from, like, the perspective of, like, uh, being a Zhang fan or whatever, um, like Zhang gets to the UFC, she gets a weird matchup against uh, Daniel Taylor, who's just somebody who's impossible to look good against, right? Then she fights Jag, who is a shell of herself and just absolutely blitzes her, gets her out of there real quick. Mm -hmm. And she fights uh, Tisha Torres, and it's primarily a kickboxing clinic from Zhang. She's able to. Uh, in the in large part because Zhang is just a higher output fighter than Torres, um, is able to beat her at distance, take her down when they get real close, all that good stuff. And we know that Torres is not that great off her back. And then like she gets um, Jessica Aguilar and not Jessica Aguilar, um, Jessica Andrade, and just absolutely, you know, she gets um, Andras to walk on to something and is able to put her away from there. So it's... I don't know if there's anything in her history that tells me that she's going to be able to handle the volume of someone like Joanna. But at the same time, Joanna's somebody who, if you put her in there with somebody who's quick, powerful, and strong, she gets hurt early. She got hurt early against um, Gadella. She got hit she didn't get hurt, but she got 
rocked pretty hard twice in the first round against, uh, or hit really hard twice in the first round against um, Andrade. And we've seen what happens when um, someone who's really quick is able to get her to move backwards towards the fence and is able to leap in with that left hook like Rose Namajunas was able to do. So I'm going to go with Zhang, but I'm not sold that she will be able, like she's going to win the back half of the fight. Maybe she gets out to her early lead. And it comes down to whether or not that third round is competitive. Or maybe she just knocks around the first round. You, uh, you never know. Yeah, that's 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 a 50-50. Like, as much as I love Zhang, there, there are a lot of variables in that fight to consider. Like, there's, like, and there's another thing. Like, Zhang is not showing that she slows down in the fight at all, from what I remember. Like, she won the third round against Taylor after losing the second because she got rocked. Um... She won the third fight, uh, the third round against Tisha Torres, um, and you know we haven't seen her outside of that um, in the UFC anyway. Um, so, <clears throat> still really hard to tell how she does late, but like, I, 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 I'm not worried that she's going to fade in the fourth and fifth round like Claudia Goodell or something. But Joanna hmm. Jacek is more than capable of making the adjustments to her game to to uh, to call her way back into a fight. She did against Valentina Shevchenko. Um, she's arguably the best conditioned fighter in the UFC. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if she's just able to outpace her late. You know, outwork her. Um, so, no, it's, it's going to be a great fight. One of the fights I'm most looking forward to next year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully we definitely get that one. That's, that's an awesome... That division just has so many good fighters. And that's just another, like... Really, it's a premier matchup. Oh, boy. His his next question is a doozy. <laughs> I've been trying to cheat on this one, and I still don't have an answer. Um, second question. What's your favorite uh, favorite women's MMA fight of the last decade? Ooh, this is a toughie. Um, yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's almost not even a fair question. Like... <laughs> For one, it's hard for me because I have terrible memory. I don't be remembering what decade, what any fight happened in. But women's MMA, I feel like a lot of the best fights have pretty... Have they been in this day? I don't know. Terrible memory. Don't listen to me. Um, all right. So, I think... I, I, there is going to be a strawweight fight. Um, I'm, I think I... Well, I'll be quiet. I think I know what you're in. I think we might have the same answer. Uh, uh, Yen check versus Gadella too. Yeah, <laughs> that when that when I saw this question, that was the first fight that popped in my head. Yeah, I, I, was Joanna Goddard. Yeah, that's that that's an all time classic. That's that wasn't just like best women, like women's fight of the decade. That's like one of the best fights of the decade. Um, yeah, and one of the best championship performances <clears throat> you'll ever see. Yeah, um, like absolutely fan like. Um, just amazing heart on you one and check got dropped in like the first three rounds, but was able like at some point was winning rounds like something like fifty to sixty significant strikes to like seven. Mm-hmm. Absolutely ridiculous. Like yeah. it, the reason I call her the best conditioned fighter in the UFC is because of that fight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I don't like I'm trying to think of a performance like that on the men's side, and I cannot think of anything even remotely close. Um, does that fight? Um, you want you want to give one out, or you want to talk about that one a little bit more? Um, I'll I'll just continue a little bit on that point. Um, that was the first fight that popped in my head because, for one. Uh, obviously, you, you were the one who were be- telling me I needed to watch that fight because that was one of the few UFC events that I did not like actually get to mm-hmm. see. I had to go back and watch that fight like months, <laughs> months later after it happened. And I'm actually surprised people don't talk about that fight more. Like that was an amazing fight. Like you don't see many champions come back the, the way she came back in that fight because it, it looked like she was surely about to lose. Like she was catching. Joanna was getting worked. A little bit and she you don't see fights like that that that's a different kind of that that was the fight that like put her in like another echelon like when i look when when her career is over and you look back at everything in totality like but she's a she's an all-time great like the only the only other fight i could think of i don't know <laughs> Like I, I almost wanted to say Angela Lee and um May, yeah and May I'm a good yeah that was the only other one I could think of. Right, so I actually I, I actually thought of a couple. Um, one is uh Alexa Grasso Mizuki. Back at Invicta, yep, back at Invicta something I can't even remember the name, but one that I'm surprised I forgot um is actually Misha Tate. Versus uh, Julie Ketsy. Mm, that was a good. Yeah, one. where Julie Ketsy is beating the ever living crap out of uh, uh, Misha Tate, and Misha Tate is just able to lock up an armbar and get the win. Misha has a lot of good fights. Yes, no, Misha Tate. Like, yeah, Misha has a lot of good fights under. Yeah, especially on that run to the title, or the UFC title, I should say. Um, and that's what happens when you're a sponge, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I'll I'll go um I'll go Angela Lee May Yamaguchi. Like, Angela Lee, <laughs> weight cutting stuff aside, she's put on some really gutsy performances. Um, even earlier this year with the 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 uh, the Jingnan is that her name? I can't remember. Yeah. In a fight where she was probably going to be on her way to losing. And albeit, I know suplexes are apparently a rule, but I don't care about rules, so. <laughs> and any other promotion, that would have been fine. That's how I justify it. She's put on some really, really gutsy performances. And that's the, the Yamaguchi fight. That was an amazing, amazing display. So just to have a, I think the only reason I kind of ranked the Joanna uh, Gadelia fight above that is just I felt like the skill sets are just different. Like the, the Joanna is like, that's like creme de la creme. I mean, and Gadelia was too. Like at the time, because Gadelia's been like a little slide as of recent. Um, but back when they fought, that was creme de la creme of not just women's of MMA in general. Those were two of the best fighters you would ever see at any given time. Um, so yeah, I, I'm probably still gonna have to go, uh, Yawana Gadelia too. But I, I'll give, uh, Yamaguchi Angela Lee a a close honorable mention. Uh, <laughs> Grabaka's last question. I like this one. <laughs> now that we've witnessed a clean rolling thunder KO, 
What's your dream MMA knockout slash finish that hasn't yet occurred in the sport? Ooh. And he said he wants a axe kick KO. Uh, he's the one I was going to say. Um, I, I've, I've had an answer for this for forever. Oh, uh, you do? I've been, I've been dreaming of this for a while. <laughs> I don't think my KO was going to happen because I don't know if you could generate enough force to land it as a KO. You might be able to get a TKO. Maybe you could stun him with this, but it it won't be the one punch that ends it. I want... <laughs> I need to see a sure you can. <laughs> I, <laughs> and I've been thinking about this for the longest time, and not only I know... I, it has to be from Tony Ferguson, because I, <laughs> I think he's the one guy who's crazy enough that he can pull this off. I need to see somebody hit a little crouch under... Hit a jumping, spinning uppercut. I don't know if you could generate enough force to KO somebody off of it, but you could at least rock them, and that could lead to a TKO. And I feel like Tony Ferguson is the perfect person to pull this off. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect form. Sure, you can if you play Street Fighter. Forgot for any of you guys who aren't gamers, you don't, you're not familiar. Um, you know, sure, you can uppercut when you see one. He might not be able to get the exact form. It's an MMA fight. Things can get kind of sloppy, kind of wild. But if I can get my jumping, spinning uppercut, I'm, I'm, I don't need anything else ever from this sport again. I would be 100% satisfied. Um, so, yeah, my answer is a sure you can, and I want it from Tony Ferguson. All right. All right. Solid answer. Uh, I have one that's kind of cheating and then one that's legit, or as legit as it's going to probably never happened but one is i want to know what demetrius johnson's actual mousetrap submission is because what we saw him do to ray borg apparently wasn't it what do you call that the uh the whiz bar or something like that so i want to know what that actually is because apparently it hasn't been done in mma before um but for an actual like finish that we haven't seen but we've seen people try to do in MMA I want to see somebody knock somebody out with a drop kick <laughs> missile drop kick that could happen but it, it probably has to be kind of like the Askren Masvidal like you just gotta oh, start off yeah. just... <laughs> you just you just gotta run forward and just go go for broke right out the gate I feel like that could happen on like a regional promotion. I feel like that could. It's probably happened on a regional promotion, or in like a drunken like brawl outside of a Denny's at like three o'clock in the morning. Right. <laughs> yeah, somebody's landed a drop kick. I'm down for that. I mean, we saw Walter Jericho on a. I don't remember what promotion that was, but if we can. If... Oh no, not Walter Jericho. It was Boston well, Crab. It was the was Boston it? Crab. Yeah, yeah. If, if if somebody can land a Boston Crab. I don't think a dropkick is too much to ask for. Uh, we've seen people do fireman's carries, but I want somebody to do this, the full, like, fu- uh, the full FU, uh, John Cena style. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't knock anybody. That wouldn't knock most people out. I shouldn't say anybody, but it'd still be really funny. But, yeah, no, I want to see somebody missile dropkick somebody into being knocked out. <laughs> there we go. I like I like that. <laughs> That'd probably be KO of the year, like, automatic. You land that. And they get knocked out cold. Yeah. I like that. I like that. 2020, let's, uh, let's aim for some creative KOs, guys. If you're a fighter and you listen to this, man, I need you to really uh, 
sticking to your bag. <laughs> really get getting the creative bag with these KOs. Uh, Shouts to uh, Grabaka Hitman. Appreciate the question. Uh, at uh, Diogen. Shouts to the homie Diogen, man. Always comes through my streams. Shouts to all the uh, Dead End Gaming crew. All the people who have uh, uh, came across in my, my little internet Twitch journeys. Uh, so shouts to him. Uh, he has two questions. First one, uh, what's a rule change you think the UFC uh, needs or should be implemented? Knees to the head of ground opponent. Um, God, I feel like I was going to say something. Not knees. What was the other one I was going to do? Um, God, I had an answer for this, and now I can't remember it. Oh, no, you know what? I was going to say soccer kicks, and then I'll take it back. <laughs> if Francis and Ghanu soccer kick somebody. They might ban the sport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be around when that happens. Um, I think rule change. Um, I don't like the um. I think they should. Uh, or you know, actually, you know what? I got two. I, I thought of one. Um, I don't know if this is technically a rule change, but it's just a change in general. Um, I like this. I like fights being judged as a whole rather than round by round. Um, I would like to see that instead of, you know, he won round one, he won round two, he won round three, so on and so mm. forth. Um, I, I, I like the whole, I like the fight being judged as a whole. Um, and I would love, and one that would probably be, well, I don't know, easier to change because nobody likes to change anything, but... Um, well, actually, I guess that's what you said. The knees to the ground of the opponent. I don't like that whole, like, oh, I got my hand on the ground. You can't hit me. No, that's trash. Get hit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's it. I'm guessing piggyback off of you. Yeah, I don't. That 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 game is just kind of stupid. You need to make it one way. Either you can't touch him at all, or the dude's just got to start getting knees, and it just kind of is what it is. Um, yeah, I would like to see that be changed. So knees, knees to the ground of the opponent, and I, I would like to see... Uh, the judging be changed to uh, scoring fights as a whole rather than a round by Ooh, round. I got a weird one. I, I don't know if I would like it long term, but I would like to see like a, a short term experiment. I'd like to see them allow people to put their fingers in the cage. I, you going to get some <laughs> Somebody's going to get. I mean, don't get me wrong, there will be some dislocated shoulders. From people trying yeah. to stop the takedown, but I want to see it happen. <laughs> you're gonna get some. You're gonna piss a lot of people off. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of angry people. But hey, man, you want to throw that on a regional promotion? See if it uh, see if it sticks. Hey, why not? Um, and I don't know. I'll, I'll do one before we move on to that as a second question. Some kind of change. Um, regarding like title defenses, like, and I, I guess this, I don't know how you would really regulate this, um, because this would exclude injury, I, I guess, to a certain point. But there needs to not be people like not fighting for like two or like these extended periods of time and you're holding a belt. If you're injured, cool, you get a you can get a little more lenient, um, in terms of your timetable. But, like, 
If you're healthy and you got a belt, there needs to be some kind of limit as to how long you can hold this belt. And it needs to be kind of short to me. Like, I don't like seeing dudes just wait out for extra long because you're trying to cherry pick somebody. Like, let's keep the train rolling, man. Like, a lot of these divisions are really deep. There are plenty of, con- well, all right, we're going to exclude like 205 and heavyweight. They, they operate on their own little rules. But, like, there are too many good fighters for us to be having, like, these log jams and these weird situations. Like, we got to keep the ball rolling, man. Um, I'm, I'm down for making people fight a little, little bit quicker. I, I don't know what that exact timetable would be. Logistics would need to be worked out, but. Something like that I, I would like to see change. My only concern in those type of situations is just contract negotiations where, like, uh, they offer somebody a fight. Um, and, like, it's it's just kind of like a shit deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I said, like, I don't know how that would be implemented. It, it would probably have to be a lot of stipulations of some sort. But I don't know. Or maybe just, I don't know. I just want something to kind of be done about that. I don't like a lot of this stalling and just... There are too many good fighters for us to... For belts to not be defended. To have, like, a lot of these talented guys and women just sitting on the sideline because the champ don't know who they want to fight. Like, you got the belt. You knew what this was. Everybody's after you. Run the gauntlet. You know what this is. Um, But... uh, uh, Diogen's uh, second question, uh, would you welcome the uh, the stage environment change instead of the octagon, like if they fought in a coliseum? I'm all for it. <laughs> My- coliseum, park, uh, uh, and where else would you fight? That's cool. Well, my only my only concern is you get somebody like Leo Machida, who sees all of that open space. And he's just like, no one will ever touch me again. <laughs> <He just> <laughs> well, I mean, you'll still be inside. I think, I think he just means like inside of a, you would still be inside of a ring or a cage, but, you know, instead of like in a, a, a ring, like you'd be outside somewhere. I'm assuming that's what he meant. I'm definitely down for a Coliseum fight. I'm honestly shocked that nobody's tried to set this off already. Uh... Yeah, I'm down for it. I don't think it should be something that should be done, like, often. But every now and again, just to mix it up. I'm down for a little little environment switch up. Yeah. Don't throw them in the pit like they do karate. Kind Why? Of Everybody loves the pit. <laughs> but you, you can't fit, like, 20,000 people down there. <laughs> Every, you know. Oh, my God. It's just, like. The, fan, the, fans, can't, the, the fans can't witness that. I can't. MMA is a TV sport anyway. It's fine. Yeah, he could still throw him on a boat. So I don't know. <laughs> I do like. The, I would like. I wouldn't mind an environment change though. Just every now and again. Moat. Moat. Switch things up. Moat. Yeah. Moat. Moat. I want to fight Moat. Said Moat. Ah, so you keep everybody else on the other side of the world. Yeah. And you guys. Yeah. 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 I see where you're going. <laughs> I like that. I see where you're going. But uh, shout out to Jojen. Appreciate the question. Um, at the underscore MMA underscore nerd. Uh, she's got a three-parter. First question. Uh, 
what do you think of the Reyes Jones matchup? I think it's interesting. I think Reyes presents a bunch of issues that Jones hasn't seen since the first Gus fight, and I think he presents them in a way that's, uh, I'm not going to say better than Gus, but different than Gus. Um, like, for one thing, if he gets pressured backwards, he's not going to just turn tail and run. He, right. he, can act, <laughs> he will knock you off. He will knock you out off the back foot. He can knock you out off the back foot. Um, I worry a little bit about his cardio because we've seen him go three rounds and not look great. Um, so, you know, five rounds with somebody like Jones who's done five. Who's basically done five rounds for almost a decade now. Um, yeah. So... Um, yeah, I'm worried from that aspect, but, like, I, I think, I'm not going to say Dominic Ray, uh, like, he is, like I said, I think Jones is looking down, like, down on his competition. There's plenty of holes to be exploited. Um, I will say Jones has a damn good chin on him, so I, I don't expect him to get, you know, one touch, like, uh, like, like Reyes did to Weidman, um. But I do expect him to get touched. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, unless Jones brings back the wrestling. Like, imagine this is the fight where he's like, yeah, I'm going to learn to double leg or go for the inside trip from the clinch again. I am cautiously, actually, cautiously optimistic for Reyes. I think he has a really good shot at winning this, to be honest. Um... I know a lot of people were down on Reyes because of the Uzdemir fight. A lot of people felt like he didn't win. Um, and that's cool. I'm not going to fault you for that. It was, it was a really close fight. Um, and maybe not one of Reyes' best performances, but also Uzdemir is just a really tough, <laughs> like, that's a tough dude, man. That's, he, he, ain't, he ain't easy out for anybody. Um, but for me, like, a big part of fighting is just, you, you hear this in all sports, styles make match, uh, matchups make fights or matchups, make games, whatever sport you want to apply it to. And, like, Uzdemir is not the same guy as Jones. Those are two differently, two two fights you have to kind of approach differently. Um, I think Reyes can give a, Jones a lot of problems. He, he has the length to match him, really athletic, he hits really hard. Um, as we've seen against, like, like, Jones is a creative striker, but not really a, a power puncher. I, I, I think Reyes will be able to get inside and tag Jones a good number of times. Um, I, I just I, I don't think I don't think Jones is gonna have an easy time. Like I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna walk through Reyes at all. Um, so I'm cautiously optimistic that Reyes is actually gonna give Jones a really tough fight. But my only questions for Reyes is kind of like you said, if this goes into deep waters. So I, I think Reyes has a, a good chance early in the fight. Um, once it gets to that fourth and fifth round, don't know how the gas tank's going to hold up. And it's still John Jones. Like, you still need to fight, like, a really good, you know. Jones still has, like, one of the best, like, fight IQs. You still have to be on your P's and Q's. You can't be out there being really sloppy or... You know, you still really need to be on your A game. And we've kind of seen Reyes. Reyes' performances, to me, have been kind of up and down a little bit. Um, but you're kind of just in the fire now. Like, there's kind of no turning back. Right. 
especially once he beat once he beat Uzdemir, it was kind of like, ah, oh, you, you kind of have no choice but to put you here. Like he just that's that's, that's it. exactly. And then he just, yeah, so he's just kind of here, and he's just gonna have to deal with it. So it's it's a matter of can he really just you know quote unquote I guess like rise to the occasion, like spotlights on you, everybody's watching. This is the fight where you really have to like put it all together, but. I think he's going to give Jones a really, really tough fight. I'll save predictions as to whether he'll win or not. Save that for later. But he's going to give him a really tough fight. Um, and her second question is, who do you think headlines UFC London? Uh, Till versus Whitaker, apparently. Yeah, I'll say it's got to be Till. It, I would hope. Um, I feel like that's the fight that kind of makes the most sense um i don't know why i was thinking leon edwards at one point but i was like are they really gonna let him headline he had I mean, he headlines he had, against the cowboy yes yeah he did but just, by then but, he's the only but by then like i expect it well hmm you think they're gonna get masked with all the title shot next because i was gonna say by then i expect him to have like a title fight like he'd be in negotiation for a title fight but if you know, uh, if they if they're wanting a mass with all for a title fight, for title fight, like I I don't see it. Yeah. Um. I don't know, cause weirdly, well, I haven't been keeping an eye on this Nick Diaz Masvidal thing. I hope that's a lot of smoke and mirrors. But <laughs> as crazy as the UFC is, I could see them pulling the trigger on that fight. And then that could give Edwards the go-ahead to get his title fight. Maybe. But I'm probably going to say, most likely, it's going to be Till and Whitaker. Um, and possi- possibly Leon Edwards, but I just feel like other things would have to happen for Leon to get that spot. But I'm like 99.9% sure it's going to be Till and Whitaker. And I hope that is the fight. That's that's the fight that I would be interested in seeing. Um I think it's a good fight to still kind of see what Till can do at middleweight, and we can kind of see like where Robert Whitaker is after that, uh, after his fight against Adesanya. See if he makes any changes, if he makes any adjustments to his game or anything like that. So, I hope that's the fight we get. Uh, do the fight that makes sense. That's 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 the fight I want to see. Um, <laughs> her last question, the uh, the questions that really matter. And I'm I'm gonna uh, assume because I, I know a bit of her Twitter personality uh, that when she's asked who's better, she ain't talking about fighting skills. Uh, <laughs> so, do you prefer Ostevich or Cortez? And for those who don't know, she is referring to Rachel Ostevich. And God, what is Cortez? Tracy. Referring? Tracy. Tracy. Um. There's a picture floating around of both of them too. I am going to link. Mm, you know what? <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> I have a lot when she sent me that question. Because there was a picture of both of them floating around with like a side by side. I'm going to refer to this picture in real time, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> give me a quick. <laughs> give, me a, give me a quick second. I was leaning towards Ostevich. I was leaning towards Ostevich. All right, come on, Google Images. 
Come on, come on. Okay, all right, I got got the picture, got the picture. All right, I need I need the picture to enlarge because I can. There we go. God, I hate pulling up stuff on my phone. Um. Hmm. I'll say first, there are no wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that out there. <laughs> There's no bad choice in this. But if I had to choose, um, I'm probably going to have to go Ostevich. Um, One, actually, you know what? Not even one, two, three. The Wonder Woman thing, like, you got me. On top of everything else, but the whole the whole I don't know if she really does that anymore. Probably not. She probably does that wins. I would nah, imagine. probably not because she's in the UFC now. So. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, they're not uh, no they're fun not zone friendly with. Yeah, yeah, no fun zone. Uh, but I, I remember seeing her in Invicta, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm down with this uh, the Wonder Woman action. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 um. I'm gonna give Ostevich this uh this W. She's uh yeah. <laughs> Ostevich is getting the W for me. I mean Sam, like like you said, there's no wrong answer but Ostevich. Yeah. But uh shout out to both of them though, man. Uh you know what? Ah, this this made me think again. I should have replied her question because remember we brought it up on the podcast a while ago like everybody knows who the men thirst over but like who, who are the women imagine it's like masvidal like i've seen that yeah actually you know what's crazy some of the women are thirsting over the women Dang, yeah so, <laughs> yeah yeah Oh no, yeah, okay. We got Osiris on the beach. Yeah, no, Osiris got. Bruh. Bruh, the cheat man. Yeah, yeah. No wrong answers, but uh, Osiris one A, uh, Cortez one B. <laughs> That's how we gonna do that. Um, and all right, we're actually getting uh close to the end. I- I've made. I'm, I'm, this is random in the middle of the podcast. I might release this in two episodes. So I like th- these questions are running a bit long, but I like it, and I kind of want to make this its own thing. Right. Uh, You're so not gonna have one next week. Just... Yeah, <laughs> that is true. So we may split this episode into two um, because you guys did send in the questions uh, uh, quick. I might um, I might release that episode this Monday. So if you're listening to this, um, the que- this mailbag episode will be Monday, and I may do the um. We'll we'll do the Wilder fight and all that. Uh, we'll put that out next week because I don't think well we'll, we'll cover that then. I don't think there's much going on next week. Um, and if even even if there is, we deserve a week off. We work really hard, and just it'll be two episodes. We've pretty much almost been going three hours, so I might split this into two. Um, but thank you, uh, uh, MMA Ender. Appreciate the question. Uh, all right, down to the uh, <laughs> nitty gritty. Uh, these last two questions. Uh, Come from people you guys should be familiar with if you've been listening to this podcast. Uh, one of them is one of them is uh, from the gentleman who is digitally sitting across from me. <laughs> so we'll get to his question first. Answer uh, the question, Sensei. There we go. All right. So the anti-cool uh, 
He submitted his own question via Instagram. Uh, his question for me is, who wins? Prime Lobov or Prime Giant Silver and Bare Knuckle? Um, so as you guys know, if you've listened to me, I'm not a, a, a Bare Knuckle advocate. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to answer the question. Um, but my first question before I answer this, even though I've, I've already had my answer in mind, um, I forgot who who did Silver fight? Um, and Bare Knuckle. Giant Silver. I don't think he's ever fought Bare Knuckle. He did. He didn't fight yet. I thought he fought. Okay. Well, either way. Let me, let me double um, check. Because if he has fought Bare Knuckle and I haven't seen it. Wait, wait. I I don't mean Bigfoot Silver. I oh. mean Giant Silver. Oh, is that the um? Hold up. The basketball player. Oh, this guy. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. God, how tall was he? He was seven two. Um. Mmm. Yeah, so for people who don't know, uh, this is uh, the gentleman we're referring to. It's Paulo <laughs> Cesar Silva, a.k.a. John Silva. Uh, he looks like, um, how would I describe this? Bigfoot Silva on steroids. Uh, yeah. He looks like a wrestler. He is a wrestler. Okay, that's, this makes a lot of sense. Now. Everything about him says I was in... Like the Attitude Era. Actually, no, probably before that. <laughs> well, he signed with the WWF probably... in 1997. Uh, he got, you know, debuted under Giant Silva. Uh, and then he was gone like two years later because he's not good. He's not athletic at all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right, so to put this into context, you have a man who's 7'2 against Lobov who's probably not even six foot. Uh, but have you seen him fight? Well, I have not. But I'm looking at his record. He went out on a win, but that was in 2006. Uh, before that, he lost one, two, three, four, five fights straight. Uh, notable fights against Heath Herring, James Thompson. Manoa, man. Any... Oh, he fought Manoa? <laughs> oh, he did fight Manoa. He did fight Manoa. got knocked out by Manoa. Hmm. So, I'm going to, um, well, you know what? I, I don't watch Bare Knuckle, but, you know, I, I follow people that do, so I have to, you know, judging by my by the information that I've gathered, um, Lobov is the GOAT of Bare Knuckle. just got knocked out. So, um, so Jason Knight's now the GOAT of Bare Knuckle. Nah, that's not <laughs> <true>. <laughs> Well, no, they're, they're one and one, though. They fought twice. One of that thing, yeah. Didn't they fight twice? They won yeah. one, I think. So, trilogy, yeah. let's go. So, he's still, he's still like, yeah. So, he, the, he's the GOAT consensus is still, it's up for debate, but he's still, if he loses the next one, then he's gotta, he gotta, gotta change the guard. But he's holding on to it by a thread. I'm gonna have to say the GOAT is gonna take this. Now, how he reaches his hand up there and gets up there, I don't know. But if I've learned one thing about Lobov, is he's a man who does not quit. I've never seen Lobov give up. He doesn't wither. The man is a fighter to the end. If there's somebody who can figure out how to <laughs> jump up like a whole foot <laughs> and try to 
try to wing a right hand. See him doing it. And it's bare knuckle. Like, he might land that one right, cut him open, it might be over. I don't know. I'm going to say Prom Lobov has the fight of his life. And uh, he gets it done. I mean, John Silva hasn't fought since 2006. He's, he's not ready. Lobov been out here in these streets. He's been keeping his hands busy. Who knows what John Silva's been doing. So I'm going to say Prom Lobov via TKO. <laughs> he's getting the seven foot out of here. He can land a lot of body yeah. shots. Oh, yeah, he's definitely winning, yeah. Liver shot. Liver shot to the seven-footer. Lobov wins national. Yay. Ireland's greatest son. <laughs> oh, man. I Oh, man. I apologize. I accidentally, thank God, I actually went back and looked at the original post. Um, I almost skipped a question. Uh, so... Two more questions, actually. Well, technically three, because the last question, last submission is a two-parter. Um, Shout-outs to the homie at Flex the Mind. Um, his question is, uh, should the UFC provide MMA fighters uh, with mental health support? Who would benefit the most... Uh, hold up. Who would benefit the most, though it is too late? Who do you feel could benefit best from it now? Like from a personal standpoint, or from like a standpoint, like oh, they'll get their lives together and be able to fight more continuously. Uh, I feel like if you do a mental health service, it probably would maybe some would be for both. I guess I don't know either. Or, whichever way you want to answer. Um. Well, I guess the base question is: Should the UFC provide that service? Um. Like directly, or should they pay for the service? Or uh, you know, I'm probably going way too into it. Uh, in the current hellscape that is American healthcare, yes, because their employees, no matter what the UFC and the the core system says. Uh, so yeah, they should. Because it's a very, like, it is a, uh, we undersell how much, um, how mental this is. Like, even from the aspect, like, besides the performance aspect, it's, like, performing in front of people. It's doing all these interviews. It's, like, having, like, all of this expectation is money put in behind you without getting a lot in return. Um, like, it's a high-stress job. Like, it. Like the the um, like we only ever see the results. We don't actually see like the whole build up to like an actual fight. But most of these people are spending like two three months out of the year, or uh, two or three months, six to five to six days a week, training six to eight hours a day to get ready for these things. Like that takes a lot of mental fortitude, and I'm I'm not sure. Um, how much that takes away from their performance, person to say, but like, it it, it, it can't be healthy on just the, their like living habits, you know what I mean? Right. Um. Now somebody will probably benefit from like mental, uh, from seeing a mental health professional. Rose Namajunas, 
um, particularly after the incident uh, uh, at, I forget the number, was it USC 238 or 236 or the, the one where McGregor threw a freaking trolley through the bus. Yeah. Because that seemed to really mess her up um, mentally. She, she still went out and, you know, won her fight that weekend, but like that messed her up for months after that. To this day, really, uh, if you if you listen to their talk, um, I'm trying to think like people who have like mental blocks. Like Donald Cerrone was somebody who said like a sports psychologist really helped him out. Um, uh, who, who, who do you think? Uh, what your, what's your stance on this, Sensei? Um, I think it would be a good uh, gesture. Like, even if they don't pay for it at least i don't know have like some recommendations or be able to point them in the right direction or like make that well i i don't know because i don't pay attention to i don't know how the performing institute works but that should be like a part of the performance i believe it is i I think they have a sports psychologist on staff yeah so yeah that should you know if they have it set up then good like you should have a but I, i think it should be both though like you should be able to have a sports psychologist but also just like a life like psychologists just in general because like what these fighters do like this is like we weren't made to do this like yeah <laughs> like this, this was not this was not uh i think in the original plan of humans that people were gonna make a living punching and kicking each other in the face um and like you said like the toll it takes and not only that like you gotta think of i mean every fighter has their own like I guess, like, philosophy and reasons they fight, but some people really tie, like, their, like, worth into this. So it's like, if I don't perform good or I get knocked out and I have a bad night, then it means, like, I'm not a great person, I'm not worthy. Like, that could really, really weigh on a on a yeah, person. Like, exactly. Yeah, on top of all of the other stuff you got to deal with, with, like, the pressure and dealing with media and fans who talk to you any kind of way you know that's a lot to deal with so yeah i think there definitely should be some kind of mental health service whether it be a sports psychologist or just a psychologist just for your regular you know psychologist that maybe help you out with like the whole work-life balance in terms of trying to balance like training and media obligations and spending time with your family um because it only helps the fighters and anything that helps the fighters helps your product so i'm i'm definitely i might have spoke too soon i'll see i'm looking at their uh their uh what you call it not roster um i'm looking at the services page on the ufcpi i don't see anything for like sports psychology so well, that should definitely be like that that should at every pi the one that they have in the u.s the one that they're going to open in china any anywhere else they uh put performing institutes there should definitely be uh a psychologist on standby. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Anything that helps the fighters, I'm I'm for. Um, who would benefit the most? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't really want to like pick on anybody. That's kind of a sensitive thing. I don't really want to throw anybody under the bus. But uh, it's kind of wild because the first somebody commented under that question, uh, the first person they said was Tony. Uh, which I get because he had that whole episode that he had. Well, it's not even an episode. He's he's um, diagnosed with um, well, what you call it. Yeah. 
so yeah, it, it. I'm not gonna get into specifics of who needs it and who doesn't, cause like I don't know these people. You know, I I don't know their lives. I I can only go by what I see on headlines. But obviously, when you see a situation like Tony, like that's that's kind of an alarming thing. So that's probably. You, you actually, you know what? You know who I think needs it the most, and this isn't anybody specific. This is just in general. I think it really needs to be the most for people who are transitioning out of MMA. Mm, like, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you need it. Yeah, you need it for these people. When when the guy or the whoever it is, the woman is, they they hit like that age, you know, they start to hit like those mid thirties. I think they start. They they're gonna be the ones that really need it because it. And th- this is pretty much for any sport. You spend your whole life training to kind of do this one thing. And unfortunately, like physically, your body just can't do it forever. And at some point, you're going to have to stop. And these people are going to need a, a, a pretty large majority of them. Some of them, you know, have life outside of MMA. They're doing great. They had other things and they have other talents. But the majority of them, like, this is just, this is all they know. It's just competing in some shape or form. They need, <laughs> they need some, some assistance on how to deal with life when their worth isn't tied to fighting. Like, they're the ones who need it the most. So I won't say a specific name, but anybody who's transitioning out of MMA and either going into another business or they're retiring, they probably need the psychologist the most. Um, so that's how I'll answer that question. But shout out to uh, Flex. Really, really good question. Um, that was a really, really good question. I, I like that one. Um, and to close out, it's our good friend, uh, Sports Sound Dog from Tumblr. Uh, well, I don't know, because don't Joey and Alex, don't both of them run that account? Do they? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think they way. do. Yeah. So I'm going to assume Joey asks, but shout out to Alex, too. I don't know which one of them uh, asked the question. Um, but uh, the first question was, <laughs> sum up uh, the 2019 combat sports year in one word. Wacky. Uh, um, crap! I saw that and I had an answer, and it, it escaped my head. So hey, I've been staring at this for a while now. This it's hard. This is a. Uh, I, I, I think wacky is a good word for it. Like yeah, yeah. From Henry Cejudo knocking the shit out of TJ Dillashaw and Mara Marais to um, what you call it to the way that Steve that um, that DC and Jessica Andrade and Rose Namajunas lost the titles to the way that uh, you know the middleweight division has been taken over by an anime nerd who is tweeting out. The word hentai on his own account. <laughs> he, called, he, he called Jones a noob. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it it's it's been a wacky year, man. Oh man. It's been a wacky, wacky year. Um I, it, it feels weird. Like it feels like we didn't get all the fights we were supposed to get this year, you know what I mean? We never do. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like my one word isn't a description more so it's just a reaction um, it's a word that I love to use um, it's a reaction I love to use because it just applies to a lot uh, my word to describe combat sports uh, in 2019 is yikes <laughs> you know what? that's a good that's good <laughs> <laughs> and like it, it applies for like there have been yikes moments where it's like yikes that KO was really nasty right or yikes you really got on a microphone and you just <laughs> you said that or just like I don't know it applies to so many situations yeah it applies to it like <laughs> the, the first thing that popped in my head was poor Sage Northcutt getting his head taken off by uh Cosmo. Uh, yeah, Cosmo. Like yikes. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, that man got got clean. I'm gonna go yikes. There were a lot of moments this year that just kinda made me say that phrase. Like, ooh. Like, man. Um, so that's my word. Uh and his last question, which I think is a <laughs> an interesting way to end and close out this episode. Um I'm gonna reword this because I, I think he wrote it kind of whip. I think I understand what he was trying to say. Well, I'll read exactly what he wrote. Uh, who is MMA in 2019 biggest disappointment? I think what he meant to say was who's the biggest point. Ah, who's the biggest disappointment in MMA in 2019? I'm assuming that's what he meant. Um, this was hard. This was another question that I stared at for a while, and I was really struggling. Oh, I got one. I'll let you get. I, I gotta. I gotta think. Man, it's Connor. Mm. He even fight this year. It's Connor. <laughs> Dude has again two separate like uh, sexual assault investigations open against him theoretically right now. The, the shit in Miami where he took a man's phone and crushed it or destroyed it. The stuff going on with his team. John Kavanaugh basically, uh, uh, like, SBG basically imploding, which we haven't talked about in the show, but that's happening. Um, and his weirdo calls for a rematch in the fight where he got beat bell to bell. Like, it, it, the answer is Connor. And I'm not sure if that's a disappointment or, like, you know, we all expected this and this is everything just coming to a head, but, like, come on. Also, he assaulted an old man in a bar. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. I guess for me, like, I did, I couldn't put him as a disappointment because I think I've just kind of been, like, over him. And I'm just, Kind of like you said, I'm just expecting. Like at this point, like if it's not if if I see a headline with Connor and it's not followed by like an official fight announcement, then I'm just kind of like whatever, man. Like <laughs> I'm just I just feel like I've kind of been through with him for a while. Um, man, this is a hard question for me. Biggest disappointment. Um, because I feel like disappointment has like a Negative connotation, connotation, 
Actually, you know what? I guess I do have one. And when I say disappointment, like I'm still a fan of this person. I think it was it was and this this happens to all of us. It was a fight I was really looking forward to, and in my mind, I was really convinced that he was gonna win. And not only did he not win, like he got <laughs> he caught hands on hands on hands to the point where the person he was fighting had to pick his hands up and remind him uh, to defend himself. Is that this? <laughs> so my biggest disappointment, if I had to pick one, is Brian Ortega getting the everlasting life beat out of him by Max Holloway. That wasn't this year. Um, that wasn't? It was in, I mean... Please tell me that, because I don't got no other answer. Uh, it, <laughs> was that not this that year? That was UFC 231, and that was in December of last year. Oh, I was close. I thought that was this year. God. Oh, there you go. Mark that down with some other uh, mess up I had from the awards that we did last year. I told you, I don't, I'm terrible with dates. Um... Do I have any other? Just uh, um, hmm. I'm. Oh, I don't know why it took me so long to think of this. Horaguchi getting knocked oh, out. Yeah. I almost wanted to log off of Twitter for like a week after that. <laughs> like, and Kyle's the core master, bad man. So I can't like hate on him too much, but. Um, watching Horiguchi uh, lose like that was not—that was not a highlight I was ready to see. Um, not a lot of fights like hurt, but that one hurt. Like I felt some kind of way after that was over. Like he really got like cleaned, and like I wanted to help him. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I guess that and. I'm disappointed every year that Terrence Spence, uh, Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence doesn't happen. That's my underlying disappointment. I want to see that fight really bad. And just, it's, I feel like it's getting further and further away. Uh, those are my two disappointments of the year. Uh, but I went back to double check. I'm pretty sure that is all of the questions. Don't think I missed anybody. Nope. Yep. So that was it, man. Um, once again, man, thank you guys again and again for sending in those questions. Um, if you're hearing this and this, the episode's kind of funky, um, because of the length of this episode, we probably will split this into two. Um, so if you're listening on Monday, hopefully I can have this out by Monday. I got my work cut out for me because I'm going to have to split this into two episodes. But um, this week, the week of Thanksgiving, you'll get our mailbag episode, and then that weekend of Thanksgiving uh, or that following Monday, we'll do, uh, I'll chop up the rest of the episode. You'll get the glory recap and all of that, and that'll count for that week because um, there's not really much going on next week. Um, no UFC cards still. I don't think Bellator has anything going no. on. Um, yeah, ne- next week is going to be kind of quiet. And, so. and we could sit here, we can discuss... Um... Cecilia Breakhouse versus who is she fighting? Uh, Bustos, Victoria Bustos, but uh, I don't think we can get an hour out of that. Right. <laughs> so unless, unless I come up with some other like creative, uh, 
idea. You'll you'll probably just get the the uh, glory recap and the Wilder Ortiz recap, and that'll just be that episode for the week. Um, but if we come up with any other thing, we'll we'll let you guys know. Um, and then other than that, we'll be back. Uh, the following week is when everything kicks back yep, up, right? That's the uh, yeah, so. Overeem uh, yeah, Frozen Strip. Yeah. And maybe we'll come so. back uh, after Thanksgiving with our Frozen 2 hot takes. Let's go. <laughs> I'll let you handle that one. <laughs> I don't even have a Frozen 1 hot take. <laughs> Never seen Damn. it. I love animated movies. That one didn't speak to me. I still need to go back and watch Moana, though. I'm slipping on that one. I never watched it. It was one. very good. Um, I didn't see the um, what's the other one? The the wasn't there like a Mexican thing? Coco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to see Coco. I didn't see Coco either. Um, those those are two two on my list. I gotta go check out. But um, yeah. So we recorded two episodes in one. I'll spice this up some kind of way. Because uh, we ran a little long, but yeah, I didn't want to hold you guys for three hours, so we'll just split them in two, make it easier for you guys to listen to. Um, uh, I'll, I'll skip our fighter recommendations. I'm, I'm still going to kind of cheat. We'll just skip uh, so we can head on out of here. Any uh, closing thoughts before we uh, wrap everything up? No. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We've been here no, for a while. It's just like I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm struggling to figure anything right now. Um, I don't know. Support regional MMA. Um, yeah, that's it. Support regional MMA. In fact, support regional bookstores. Fuck it. There you there, go. There's a random one. There you go. I'm gonna tie my closing thought and fighter recommendation into the same thing. Um, just somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, Habib's real cousin, uh, was it Umar Nurmagomedov? Yeah. Uh, he fought the other day. Don't know the promotion. I even forgot who he fought. Um, I want to say he's like ten and zero now, eleven and zero. Can't remember the number, but he's still undefeated. He's also fought in PFL a couple times. Um, he got a finish against the gentleman he fought the other day. Um. Looks looks pretty good at at, at bantamweight. He he carries the number Gamedov name, but he doesn't fight anything like Habib. Um, a lot a lot more heavy on his striking. A lot more uh, probably probably I would say creative and like dynamic compared to Habib with his striking. Um, but just somebody to keep keep an eye on. You, you might end up. I feel like after that performance, we might end up seeing him. Um, I don't know if he'll get to the UFC or. If he ends up in Bellator, not sure, but just just somebody to, to, to keep an eye on. Uh, undefeated uh, prospect out there. Oh, I just remember something. Okay. Uh, uh, the, uh, so I think I saw, I think I mentioned it before, but if you're like a basketball fan, um, the New York Liberty now playing at the Barclays Center, um, tw- summer 2020. But if you're a soccer fan and you live anywhere in Jersey, um, well, first off, I'm sorry, but secondly. Uh, the uh, the Sky Blue FC, uh, they are moving from Rutgers down in New Brunswick up here to Newark, and they'll be playing at the Red Bulls Arena. So that'll be that's fun. More sports options. There you go. Gotta gotta find ways to keep you keep keep yourself entertained. Exactly. 
Hopefully it's not too cold when you go. I mean, no, they don't play now. They play um, they play in the spring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. throughout the summer. When I went in the summer to the uh, the sky blue game at the uh, the Rebels Arena that they had, it was a hundred and seven degrees, and uh, my coworker's boyfriend took a picture of my head, and I'm bald, and <laughs> yeah. you can imagine how that went. Uh, he set you up. <laughs> there you go, though. More, more, more sporting options. Maybe more affordable than some of the uh, the other uh, sporting events you could go to. Unless you're going to a Redskins game, they got tickets for like twelve dollars. You can get club seats for like sixty dollars, which is insane. Is are they that bad? Uh, yes, they're terrible. <laughs> they're awful. See, but I, I've never seen. I've never seen club seats. Like, club seats are normally pretty expensive. Like, you can get the club seat for the price of, like, a video game, which is kind of wild. Um, but I don't like the Redskins, so. though. That's why it that. sucks being a Knicks fan, because no matter how bad they get, that arena will sell out every fucking right. night. <laughs> They're still making you pay premium price. Uh, that's a setup. Super setup. But, um... Yeah, man, that's pretty much all we got for today's episode. So once again, this episode will probably be split into two. Um, so you'll, you'll, you'll get your glory and your fight recap uh, next week. And if you listen to this on Monday, this should be the episode of the mailbag. So once again, uh, thank you to everybody who submitted questions. Uh, all those were really good questions. Definitely enjoyed it. I love doing these kind of episodes. So uh, appreciate you guys. But we're about to roll out here because we've been recording for a good three hours <laughs> plus. So anytime, man, you want to listen to this podcast, give us a look. SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play. Send questions to dodotalkpodcast at yahoo.com. Um, so give us a look. Yeah, give us a look on social media at the Dodo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Follow me on Twitter and Twitch. At Serial Sensei and follow uh, the Anti Cool on Twitter at GC Zeus. So that is all we got for today. Thank you guys. Hope you have a nice weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving. Um, and as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.